Are you blessed or are you cursed With a strong imagination and a spiritual thirst Do you wanna confide about the darkness inside Come and talk about it on Self-Worst Oh, so you wanted a new episode of Self-Worst Podcast with Brad Pearson, okay I think I can do that for you, hi everybody this is a new episode of Self Worst Podcast with Brad Pearson. Hi. It's another week. Yeah, it's August now. What are you going to do? I don't know. We're going to get bummed out because summer's going by. It's fine. Time passes, bro. I don't know what to tell you. It's only like halfway done the summer. It's still going to be hot through like October anymore. Like it's so hot out, it's so sticky. You're just going to be just ball sweat, AC bills. That's just going to keep going. Mosquitoes, all that fun stuff. I'm having an okay summer, though, doing my Hank Hill summer, working my offset smoker, doing some barbecue experiments, having people over in the backyard, chilling, grilling, just doing our best. To live our lives such as it is and you know trying to uh, just live with uh, getting COVID every three months I guess having a new possible world war kickoff every uh, six months it's fun it's fine yeah sure send Nancy Pelosi to Taiwan what could go wrong A geriatric millionaire going to Taiwan I'm sure she's got it. She's the woman for the job. Good idea. It's fine. Ain't nothing you can do about it, though, right? I don't know. Yeah, we gotta worry about monkeypox. I get monkeypox probably from going to jujitsu. I don't want to stop going to jujitsu. I'm making a calculated risk. I'm. I'm I'm saying fuck it I can't not I want to go to the gym I get too much out of it I'm good. I'm just going to have to risk uh, COVID and monkeypox I guess and polio I guess uh, polio's back how do we fuck up so bad that polio's back <sighs> good job everybody and by everybody, I mean like the people in power to actually do something about it. Not the, not the regular folks like us who are just kind of living with the consequences of a few uh, rich assholes. 82-year-olds with like $130 million. We're like, I'm just going to fuck with the world. Good morning. Sunday morning. Yeah. I don't know. I'm having a good morning, though. It's too early for me to start spiraling about shit. Sun's shining. Dottie's sitting at my feet. We're having a good morning. And we're just uh, chugging along. I don't know. It really just depends on uh, what part of the world you're... what part of your life you're looking at, right? I bought a backpack's worth of groceries this week. Just a backpack. Not even a big backpack. Not even one of those big old camping backpacks. Regular Herschel backpack. Filled with groceries. 
Not fancy groceries. This wasn't Whole Foods. This was Steve's on Ninths. I defy you to find anything in that entire store that you could deem fancy. It's all regular shit. So I was like, okay. Biking downhill. I'll fill up my backpack. I'll take this stuff home. We'll have groceries for the week. $87. What happened? It's fine. It's fine. Can't stress about uh, everything going on in the world. You just gotta just vibe and grill, I guess. Vibe and grill through it. Anyway. We got Guadalupe Alvarez on the show this week. She's, uh, she's I don't, don't know her super well. She's a friend of a friend. Her girlfriend of a friend as well. She's in a couple, a friend of mine. I don't know if it girlfriend, boyfriend, or partners, whatever they call themselves. I think they go by girlfriend, boyfriend. I think they're that type of couple. Anyway, they're a couple. Very nice couple. Very good looking couple. Mazel to them. They're doing great. So anyway, I got talking to her, and I thought she'd be a good uh, guest for the show. And I was right, because I'm always right. I always nail it on guests. We got into a lot of stuff that uh, I wasn't really even expecting. You know, I knew she knew how to talk into a mic. She's got a podcast of her own, The Real New Yorker Podcast. And, uh, you know, I, I, I thought she would have some interesting stuff to say. I didn't really know what to expect, but we got into some stuff. Generational trauma and machismo. How I don't know. We talk about toxic masculinity a lot on this show, but we more talk about how it affects us. Uh, you know how how it implodes, how it backfires on us as men. This isn't like, I mean, also the bad thing, obviously, about macho toxic masculinity shit is it affects other people too. It can rip whole families apart. Really fuck up other people's lives. So we're gonna talk about that. Talk about ADHD, Adderall, hypersexuality. We get into a lot of shit. It's great. It's a good episode. So stay tuned. Don't uh, touch that dial on your podcast app, I guess. Or get distracted with something else. I know it's easy to get distracted. I know. But just stay with me. We're going to have a fun talk. Uh, that's Honestly, that's all I have. Let's do our housekeeping and shit. Um, if you want to follow me, I'm Bradical Pearson on Instagram and Twitter. Follow the show at SelfWorst. You can do that. Uh, you can rate, review on iTunes, Spotify. You can uh, like, subscribe, all of that shit. You can uh, sign up on Patreon.com slash SelfWorst. Help us out. Get some bonus content, video content. And uh, that's about it. Let's go to the interview with my new friend of a friend of a friend of a friend. Guadalupe Alvarez. I'm good. I just took my second dose of Adderall for the day for this. So... (laughs) Ready. Well, we can talk more about that later, but uh, that's uh, that's what you've been uh, prescribed. That's what you're doing. Yeah, now? Yeah. yeah, that's what I've been prescribed. Uh, they started me off with uh, 20 milligram, and then I noticed that I'm like after 
like 2 p.m. I crash. Mm -hmm. I'll get tired, so it's not enough. So they were like, all right, so do 20 in the morning. And then when that crash, before you like feel it coming, take your second dose and then, and it's working. Is that the uh, extended release? No, it's no. 20, they gave me 20, 20. So I'm doing mm. 40 today. I used I've to, done. yeah, I used to take the extended release for a while, but I, I stopped taking it. I was getting like anxiety stuff, but, um, I, so I've had ADD since I was a kid and I did the um, extended one for a month mm -hmm. when I was like 25, but then they were like, Oh, you don't need that. You could do it. And I, I stopped taking it, but I still needed it. But then I like, I got older, I guess. And I think it got worse after COVID, to be honest. Mm -hmm. Well, here we are. Yeah. So, um, <laughs> yeah, we don't we, we don't actually know a whole lot about each other. We met once. Um, it, we have some mutual friends, uh, Diana Chow and Anthony Esquivel. Um, and that's about all I know about you. I don't know what you do for work. I don't really I, I know that you're ostensibly from New York City. And that's about it. So uh, let's just, you know, start with that. All right. Well, I was born and raised here. Um, I actually am not working at the moment. I'm going back to school cool. uh, to become a teacher. Um, one of the things I feel like the, uh, having ADD um, and not being medicated or not really focusing my lack of production with my life was because I was not medicated. So I always went from job to job. Um, my last like official job was interior design consultant, um, which I loved. I'm, I think I'm a great interior designer, but I don't know. I, I've always wanted to teach. I've always wanted to kind of, especially like the youth. And it's not like to teach them history, English, but it's like to teach them how to be human, you know? I feel like um, kids are little idiots and they don't know any better sometimes. And it's not always the case, but um, you know, it's projections of their parents or like lack of attention or love or education at like home. And I feel like, you know, a lot of teachers don't put so much focus on that. Like they just come teach them whatever is on the curriculum, but never like how to be like good little individuals. So I feel like, I guess that's what I want to do now. But for a few years, I was doing the interior designing, which I, I did love. Hmm. It's great. I still kind of, you know, I'll go to a friend's house and I'll be like, oh, let me, let me fix your living room. Right. Let me feng shui this place. Yeah. How'd you get but, into that? Um, well, I, so I never went to school for this. Mm -hmm. I don't have my degree in anything. Um, a friend of mine had gotten hired at this company called Our House, which is no longer in the city, sad face. Um, and she kept telling me about, I had asked her, I was like, hey, are they hiring? And she was like, no, no. But then she just kept saying like, oh, they just hired someone. And I'm just like, they're hiring all these like awful like designers, what the hell? So I slid into the manager's DM on Instagram and I basically pitched myself and what I thought I could bring to the table for it was in 2018. 
Yeah. Hmm. <laughs> what level school or do you want to teach and what do you want to teach? Um, I'm going to do a childhood, which is from first grade to sixth grade mm-hmm. for now. Um, I was thinking of maybe like a little bit of history or literature. Okay. I, I think uh, when it comes to literature, you know, you could just express yourself a lot more and help children help them express themselves in ways that they can't like figure out how to yeah but ultimately i know this is it's weird but i feel like the main reason why i want to become a teacher is because i have add Mm. and i'm not sure if you're aware but add in girls is different than in boys so uh, when boys have it, it's ADHD because they're hyper, they're bouncing off the walls, they can't stay still. Girls don't have that. Girls, they get distracted, but they don't have the the hyper, the hyperness. And I feel like, be, I mean, and this is 1995, 96, when I was in school, like as a kid yeah. compared to now, which is like different because mental health awareness is so, it's a big thing now. But I just feel like maybe I can kind of like help kids like me that like other teachers or parents aren't aware that there's something that's lacking that's not on the child. Um, when I found out, not found out, but like when I decided to get on Adderall again recently, um, I was cleaning out my closet and my mom like had saved all my report cards from grade school. And, and we're like going through, I was like, Ma, look at this, like she came to visit. And, um, and on the back, you know how they would write like a little report of like yeah. what the student needed help on. And on every single one, like I would get like A's, B's. Um, and on every single little report is like, she's bright student, needs help concentrating, gets distracted. But like, it was never like, oh, maybe help her out at home with that. But it was never kind of like maybe she there's something that needs to, you know, be evaluated. Right. And like I started crying and I was like upset and I was like, fucking teachers, <laughs> like how can you like not kind of put two and two together and just think it's me being distracted? But like I said, different times. Yeah. More awareness now. Were you it sounds like you were pretty good at school, but did you like it? Or were you, were you just kind of bored with it? And maybe that was why you were distracted. No, I loved school. I loved everything mm. about it. I was really good at school. Um, as I got older, I think obviously like high school started. And I just, that's when I wanted nothing. To, that's when I got bored. Mm. And um, I guess looking back at it now, there were occasions where I was really interested in certain classes and professors had different ways of teaching. And like, I would be right on time. I would do the work because I was interested. But then like in other classes, I'd be like, yeah, I'm not coming. Oh, I have this class. Yeah, I'll be two hours late to school. And this is high school, you know? So that's where I started falling off, I guess, with that. When were you diagnosed with uh, ADD? 24, 25. What took so long, you think? I don't know. I think I always like knew there was something wrong. Mm-hmm. Um, but because, you know, everyone would be like, oh, yeah, I have ADD. I have to. Everyone says it like, oh, yeah, sorry, I have ADD. Sure. Or it was just 
And then I'm like, wait, like, I think I have ADD. Like everything, even the little memories I had as a kid of all the distractions and moments where I would like just miss out because I was the last one to do something because I was so distracted. Like everything was like, and I'm like, holy shit. And I went to a therapist and then she was like, yeah, I think you have ADD. Um, but I can't say so because she's a therapist. So the following uh, day, I saw the psychiatrist and he like asked me at least 50 questions, I think. Yeah. And he's like, yeah, you definitely have ADD. <laughs> but I think it did get worse uh, in the last year and a half. I got COVID last year. I've got gotten COVID like three times now. Yeah. But like the the really the first COVID I got. And after that one, I was the brain fog happened, but it was so much harder for me to mm. just like focus and like I would stutter and and really forget. And I I would have to tell my friends and family, like, please, like if you if I'm talking to you and you're distracted because it's not such an interesting story for you, can you just please like try to remember what I'm talking about just to like wheel me back in. And they, they did, they were like, you were talking about this. And I'm like, ah, oh, thank you. But it was like so hard. Like I felt like, I was like, holy shit. Like I'm going to have dementia or Alzheimer's when I get older. Cause that's how I felt. But like, I could not remember shit. It was, it was just, and it was just time. And also after I quit my, interior designing job in March of this year. And I was like, uh, I was there and I was, I was like, as happy as I am, I don't want to be here. You know, as much as I love this and I would do it all over again for much better pay, obviously, but I wasn't like fulfilled. And I, I knew there was like a void in me. And when I started going to therapy again, which I love, I love therapy. I've always have since I was a kid. I would ask my parents to like, can we go to therapy? <laughs> like it was weird. Were your parents uh, receptive to that? Did they want to send you? Do they, um, are they, are, do you come from a, you know, a therapy, a pro therapy family? Yeah, they're pro therapy. They're pro therapy for me, hmm. not for themselves. Not for themselves. Right. We tried doing it when I was in, I want to say uh, my freshman year of high school. Mm -hmm. And I guess, they couldn't deal with the fact that like a teenager was calling them out in front of another adult where the therapist would kind of just like, what are you guys fucking doing? Like this is a 13 year old and she knows what's right. And you guys don't like, so I think it was a little bit intimidating for them hmm. to kind of have that. So like they stopped going, my mom would do her sessions individually, but like as a family, like, they didn't want to do it. And I think that's what kind of turned my father off for therapy. But they know I'm in it now. They love it. They're so happy for me. I think um, because they still fear that, like, they'll be judged by some random person. Um, they don't go. But I'll tell them, like, hey, I, I spoke about you guys today and about this. And they'll be like, oh, what did they say? <laughs> like, you know. Like, yeah. and I'll tell them and they'll just like, listen and they'll take it in. And I think they apply it to whatever it is they're going through. So it's like, I'm the middleman mm. for them, I guess, with my own therapist, if that makes sense. But pro, pro therapy family. That's good. 
Mm-hmm. That's good. You, it seems like your parents are, uh, you're, you're still very close with your parents. Um, they were a big influence on you. My mom had my mother's only child. So yes, uh, I can't get rid of her. It's not like, you know, if you have other siblings, yeah. like one can do their own thing, but their mom won't feel like so like neglected or abandoned because she has like the other siblings that call her. So like, I feel like I have to always be there for mom. But I am my father's oldest of four kids. All of my siblings are out of wedlock. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm the only one for matrimony, for marriage, and I'm the eldest. But yes, I'm still very close to my parents. Um, I, I feel like even though I was upset that my father kind of cheated on my mom throughout the years, unbeknownst to me, by the way, I found out when I was a teenager, I had siblings. Um, I never kind of, that was whatever. Yes. Bad dad. Like that was bad husband move, but, um, he was still a great dad. Mm. I still learned a lot and I feel like I can't kind of, I always told him, I was like, dad, you're an amazing son. You're a good father, a shit husband, you know, like, uh, and it's okay. Um, but yeah, it's very close why do you think that is i mean is it just that generation of men or like what's the what's the deal i think it is that generation of men but i also in his case which is really fucked his father my grandfather had about 51 kids 51 all with different women my grandfather great I think my dad only knows about maybe 25, if that, they're still alive. He doesn't so know all. Pull out game, not strong in your family. Oh, I don't think, I think he just wanted to fuck and not pull out my grandfather. <laughs> you know, I don't know what was his deal, but yeah. I think my father, because he never had his father present. I don't know. How could he? He had all those kids. He was going to no fucking time. Right. But I think, I think in a sick, twisted way, my father said, oh, um, I never knew my father. I think he met him when he was like 21 and he was already old. But then he found out that he had all these kids. And that was the only example he had of his father. Yeah. And, and my grandfather would take pride in it. Like, oh, yeah, I had her. I had her. And then would tell my father stories that my father's grandfather was the same and would go into town and be like, you see those two? I've slept with both of them. You know, this is my great grandfather telling my grandfather. And then that's all my father ever heard from his dad. Right. That's the model of masculinity is is like a, um, you know, a, a philandering pussy hound. Yeah. And, and his other older brothers are the same. They have a beautiful matrimony with their kids, and then he'll have kids out of wedlock, like the uncles. Not all of them. The younger uncles, they knew better. I guess they saw that that wasn't, like, the move. You know, it was toxic. Um, But, yeah, to this day, my father has no more kids. He's, like, 62. But he still cheats on his now wife. And I'm like, Dad, I'm like, your penis is going to fall off. 
you know, and he laughs and I'm like, I'm so glad mom divorced you. Like you could cheat all you want. Cause you're not cheating on my mother anymore, yeah. but it's like, you're too old for this shit, man. And he's like, Oh, you might have a little brother soon. And I was like, don't even say that joking around. I'm like, you're old. Like if you're going to be fucking around, like snip it, man, come on. Like, you know, I yeah. think I'm really close to my parents where we talk freely like that. But, um, yeah, it's, it is a generational thing. I think not only that, I think it's also um, a cultural thing. Hmm. Uh, my parents are both Peruvian. They grew up there. They both came in their 20s, early 20s, mid-20s. And I think for my father, it's just being the, like, macho, you know? And it's it's unfortunate, but I know. I, and... I have a younger sister that like uh, stays with him when she's home from college, my half sister. And I remember one thing I told her because I kind of went through my patch. I'll get to that. I told her, I was like, hey, like, listen, I know you're entering, this was freshman year of college. I like, I know you're going into college. It's like, I'm not your mother. And I don't think your mother will ever tell you this, but I'm your sister. And because I've experienced it, I don't want you to go through this. I was like, dad's a great father, but please don't look for a man like, like that. Mm. I was like, when you meet guys, like, just make sure like you're focused that they don't have like little things that dad would normally do. Like, cause that's the example she has. Right. Yeah. Um, and I, my experience with that was, um, I cheated a lot in my past relationship and I, I was proud of it. I was like, I'm an Alvarez because that's what the men would say, right? Yeah. The Alvarez men. Like, oh, yeah, all the Alvarezes are little players. And I'd be like, oh, I'm just an Alvarez. But um, when my parents were married, before I knew that he had kids out of wedlock, um, my mother stood with him after having um, found out that he had kids, after him continuously cheating. So... Um, I was in a relationship where I stood with that guy knowing I was getting cheated on and I cheated 10 times more mm-hmm. on the same guy. And I remember one day, it was my 22nd birthday. I was home alone. It was midnight and I was like, shit, it's my birthday. And I sat down um, and I looked at myself in the mirror and I was like, Guadalupe, like, what the fuck are you doing? I was like, you are, you're, you're all the negative that your mother was in a relationship and all the negative that your father was in a relationship, which was like, you know, taking the like emotional, like abuse and also giving it like 10 times old, I guess. Like I wanted to experience it or I don't know how twisted I was and I did and I experienced it, you know, and then. I was done with it. Um, but it is a little twisted of me, I think. Sometimes I do like to, I know, like, if I'm doing something wrong or right, which I don't feel like I've been doing anything wrong in the past five years of my life. Um, but when I was younger, I definitely would know, like, right from wrong, but I still, like, wanted to, like, feel it and live through the pain or whatever right. it was that I was going through. I mean, it could make it more interesting more exciting more hot whatever yeah. if it's if it's something you're not supposed to 
you know, quote unquote, not supposed to be doing. Um, did it kind of make an impression on you? Just just your your views towards monogamy in general and whether or not it even works for people or whether or not it works for you? It works. It works for people. Um, I think we're all different. Mm -hmm. I am now in a relationship. I think it's beautiful to just be one for one, just you and your partner. I know people have open relationships and to each its own, but I wasn't in an open relationship, you know? Right. you were, and, you were what they called unethically non-monogamous. Right. Yeah. So. Um, and that wasn't part of the deal. It has to be part of right, the deal. Right. And I don't know, I guess after experiencing or putting myself through that little, like, I guess, trial in life or just test run or I don't know what I put myself through or why, but um, I, I th- no, I know. I know why. It seems pretty clear why. I feel like I already know why. Yeah, it's yeah, just like yeah. that's all that was modeled to you. That, that's yeah. all you but were given. No. Yes and no. Because before I found out like that my father was cheating on her, it was like it was like a freaking Hallmark movie. You know, like parents, we would all sit at the table every weekend. We'd go on trips with the uh, rest of the family, different cars. It was beautiful until I knew the truth. And then I'm like, holy shit, like this is happening under my fucking nose. So I think um, the reason why I put myself through that was kind of to like, it was like an experiment. Because I knew I was playing both cards of like, what they had gone through. And I was just like, maybe I wanted to know like why or like where it ends or where do I like cut it off? Because my mom took it for so long for like 20 something years. I want to know how long it's going to take me to like get to like whatever extreme I got. But yeah, I am in a relationship now and I am so happy. And it's just, it's really a really healthy relationship. And I, like I said, to each his own right. and you decide to be in an open then good for you. But if you want to be just you and your partner, then that's beautiful. It's sacred. You know, were you angry with them when you found out? Were you angry with your dad for fucking around? Were you angry with your mom for putting up with so, it? What, like I what happens? So, so, so angry at my mother. There's a I, thing I, that happens to every kid is when they realize that their parents aren't gods aren't superheroes they're just fucked up people who are trying to figure things out on their own and it's rough it is a real big fall from grace i rebelled it's when i became an adult Mm -hmm. i feel like it's when i became their parent which i still feel like i am their parent a lot of times even though you know they still are mom and dad and they still guide me and i go to them when i'm feeling sad or whatever but there are when it's like you guys have to do this like that, like that, like that. And they'll just be like, why? And I'm like, and I get frustrated when they don't understand things. And they're like, but why are you getting upset? And I'm like, because you guys represent me. Like, I don't want you guys to continue this ignorant, like thinking or like stubbornness. But I was very angry at my mother for taking it. Mm -hmm. Um, And I yelled at my father the day of that that I found out. and And I just, I was like, you're a coward. Like you're a coward. You waited so long and you couldn't even wait for my mom to be present. We were a traveling family, so we always traveled. I've been traveling since I was born. 
Um, so she was in Japan with friends and he had just gotten back from Russia. So he told me that I had uh, siblings out of wedlock um, when he got back from Russia and my mom was still gone. So I had like no one else to kind of just cry to. I was by myself because I was like, I don't want to talk to you. Like you're a coward, go away. But um, I was angry at my mom. And I remember telling her why. I was like, Ma, get a divorce. And she's like, no, like, I wanted you to have a father. And because I never had a father, that was her, you know. And I was like, he's still going to be my father. You know, like, he's not going anywhere. But I guess in her head, it was like more of a like being present and father figure around. Um, She stood with him for four more years after I found out. And then finally they divorced. What made him finally come clean about it? I think, well, I know, not that I think. Okay, um, my mom followed my father on one of his uh, travels to Peru where he was um, visiting his mistress who was my youngest sister's mom. My sister was already born and she knocked on and my dad lived with us and he would go to Peru and then come back into this house like nothing and every time he would come back my mom would be like what are you fucking doing you know and I guess my mom just she was like over it and you know I think I have a lot to do with it because I was constantly in her head I was like yo like you look stupid and now she has her daughter that knows that's growing is a teenager and I'm just like you're stupid like you're embarrassing me you know as a woman you should be ashamed um, and I think all of that like got to her. So she followed my dad and um, he opened the door to his ex-mistress's house and he was like a ghost, like he just seen a ghost, it's my mom. And um, my mom told the lady like, hey, like he's still with me, like he's married, like what are you doing? And she says, well, he says he's not with you. And then my dad, denies being with my mother in front of his mistress and and in I, front I, of your mom in front of my mom yeah in front <laughs> right. of my mom. right right but um i guess that's what hurt my mother the most that like yeah that's got a that's got a sting right i wish this would i wish she would have followed him a long time ago yeah. you know but when she came back like it was that was it like you could tell that she was over it and uh, three months after they filed for divorce. Um, do you plan on having? Do you plan on having kids? Um, I'm scared to have a child. I would love mm. to have a child. Like you know. Yeah. Sometimes I like wish I was a chicken, and just plopped an egg, you know, and kept it warm, and I'd actually had to like carry it and like my yeah. body changing and thinking of like complications. It's scary. Um, but I do think of like having a one, just one. Mm-hmm. And if it happens, it happens. And if it doesn't, I would love to be um, a foster mom. Hmm. Yeah. How, if you had a, a son, would you like to raise them to not turn out like another My Alvarez? Father. Oh no, <laughs> not be an they Alvarez. Won't be an Alvarez. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, I think I would do the opposite, uh, of what my parents said to kind of protect me from getting hurt with the truth. 
And I would tell them all the truth that I've experienced that caused pain and caused uh, toxicity. Um, I think, you know, a lot of like parents don't talk to their kids till they're like teenagers or already in high school or even adults. Like some parents can't speak to their kids. But I think I would, if I had a son, it would be at a very early age if like they asked or because, come on, the world we're living in now, you see everything on social media yeah. or what's this, what's that? And I would answer with the truth and with my experiences, but always with like expectation of like what's right for, for a minute. So like for a while, um, the reason why I wanted to have a child um, a man, a, a son in particular, was to bring better men into the world, to yeah. raise them, to just to change the world. I know it's just one kid, but like one. Yeah. <laughs> um, but, you know, it, it can make a huge difference. And I saw, an, I read an article about um people that were born 1989 that are parents now and 1990 i believe i could be wrong about the the years but this is the first time in a very long time that they're having children and not and being in really healthy relationships mm. and it's like our generation kind of yeah right of parents and I was really really happy to like read that article I was like wow like good for them and if I were a parent like I would want to be with my significant other and you know just it's different I think a lot of people talk about breaking generational curses whether it be like um, the way you were raised by your parents, if you were divorced home, not divorced home, um, generational, cultural stuff, sorry. Um, I, I think, I don't know, like, I think our parents tried breaking theirs because if you think how they their outcome, like, if your parents are shitty, right? I don't know your parents. No, they're um, pretty good, actually. Okay, great. But like, if they, if they were shitty, say parents, they were, yeah, right. Um, imagine how their parents were. Yeah. So like, maybe you're getting like half of the shittiness that they endured. So I feel like every generation just like it dies down a little bit. I and really marvel at my own dad, just because I. I don't really know a whole lot about it, but it really seems like he was not raised with any sort of great uh, role model when it came to a dad, a father, like what it's like to be a man. And like, he really, he had to make up a lot. <laughs> he had to, he, he didn't really have like a template as like a father, you know, and was just like, well, I guess I'm just gonna fill in the blanks. And there's a lot of blanks. And, um, for the most part, he did a he did a really good job considering he had like nothing to go on, you know. Yeah. So it's funny you mentioned that. My I only have one brother. He's my half brother. Uh, my father's only son. For a very long time, it, I met him when I was thirteen, fourteen. He was twelve at the time, 
But when I met him, I knew he was my brother, but he was the only one that doesn't have my father's last name. Hmm. The only boy, right? And my dad's ignorance. I don't have boys. I only have girls. So stupid. But also there was, um, and my brother's mom um, named my brother after a guy she was with. You know, his first and last name were the same as the guy she was with, who's also the father of the lady's other daughter. So my father was like, that's Miguel's kid. That's not my kid. She's trying to like pin him on me. And I'm like, well, get a DNA test. Like if she's saying this 12 years later, just do it. He never did it. It was always like thrown here and there, but never did it. My brother didn't care to see my dad after a while. Don't blame him. You know, you feel like, where do you, where was your father? Your father doesn't want you. Who wants you? What male wants you? Yeah. And um, my my brother actually took a 23andMe ancestry thing. Mm-hmm. And it came back that he was indeed my half-brother. And um, it was... It was sad for me, I guess. I felt bad for him. The fact that, so he has a son, he has a five-year-old, my nephew, and he had no male role model. And, you know, didn't know who his dad was until recently. Yeah. But he felt it. He, we always said like, you're my brother. And he would like, this is my sister. We always felt it. We're too much alike. We didn't even grow up together. And we just have certain characteristics and mannerisms that come from my father. So we were just like, we're related. Um, and he's an outstanding father. And it's, I think it's one of those, like, I don't want to be what I had or didn't have. So when I am that, I'm going to be the best I can be. And that's what he's doing. And I think he's doing a great job. And he follows like these like dad IGs, like um, dads of Instagram. (laughs) And he like, he'll repost it. And like, I saw it, I noticed it the other day. I was like, oh, I was like, that's adorable. And it breaks my heart because it just breaks my heart. Like that's my brother, that's my father. I'm in between. It's unfortunate they lost so much of their time like in their lives. And I do blame yeah. that on my father, you know? It's not on my brother. It's dude didn't want to take accountability or get a DNA test to see if that was his kid. Right. But yeah, back to your father, like, you know, when you don't have like the best, sometimes you really do do the best you can and you 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 are the best. that you become and i'm witnessing that with my brother now and i'm very proud of that what was it like meeting all of your um siblings i i grew up an only child so i am i always wanted to have a sibling and you know she my mom couldn't have kids like she barely had me um she was at bed rest with me i'm premature so and like she bled her whole pregnancy, I think after her like fifth month. So it was like very delicate. So I'm very thankful I'm here. Um, But you would think that someone that just found out their mom was cheated on and they had like, I would present them and like, no, like the second day I I got over being angry at my father and I called him, I was like, what are my siblings name? Where are they? You know, I wanted to meet them. 
And uh, I would say two months after I found out, like I made it my mission to meet my siblings. Yeah. And I did. And I love Yeah, I mean, all, it, it, so. that was my first thought. And I, I don't really know why uh, that you would be resentful of them you know like that that was just like but she probably wouldn't like them much but i i don't know why that would really be the case that's just the knee-jerk emotional yeah. reaction that comes yeah. out of me just to putting myself in that <laughs> in that place but then i think about it for like one more second and i'm like well it's not there they had nothing to do with it they just yeah they were just born and a lot of people are the same like when they hear the story because when i'm with my siblings we'll talk about it and we're like yeah this is how we met this is how shit went down but like all of my siblings knew of, of me but i knew nothing of them like they knew since they were little that they had an older sister and it breaks my heart because like i wish i would have had that you know um but no i i always tell people like the idiots were their their moms, my mom and my father. Like those were the idiots. Those are the people that should be resented. But I don't even resent them. Um, and I'm so thankful to have them and to share a parent with them. And you know, just I don't know. Or maybe it's because I didn't have siblings and I always wanted them. Yeah. But I love all of them, and we all bond so like lovely. It's it's really beautiful to see. It seems like it was pretty easy, actually, for you to get over the resentment. How did you do that? I don't know. I don't know. I guess I didn't just, I don't, I don't want to live with, like, anger. Even though I was really angry at my mother until she divorced my father. So I did kind of live with it a little bit. Like, I resented her for staying with him until she like dipped and then I was like okay I'm over it but um I just felt like what am I going to get out of this I already said my piece I want you guys to get a divorce they wouldn't listen to me um I expressed how their situation made me feel I would call him out on how piece shit like husband he was in front of my mom and how dumb she would be in front of him and you know it was like not getting through them and it was just like, I'm just sober of this. I'm not doing it to myself. I was in high school. I was having fun. I was distracted. Mm-hmm. And that's exactly what I did. I just went to school, got distracted, hung out, had my ADD. So maybe that helped to like kind of not focus on that resentment. Right. Sometimes I do feel like the ADD did help a lot with like trauma and like traumatic events. I was talking to my therapist yesterday, actually. And when I'm telling her certain things that I've like endured, like in just these two years alone, she, she actually started crying, she blew my mind. <laughs> I was like, you're not supposed to be crying. I'm supposed to be crying. Mm-hmm. She's like, no, it's okay. Like, I'm sorry, like this is a lot. Um, she's like, wow, like how are you even standing? Like, how are you moving on with your life with all the things that you just told me? And I started thinking, I was like, maybe because I wasn't focused. Like, imagine if I would have been on Adderall and just, like, shit, like, really thinking clearly of, like, everything that's fucking with me or everything wrong in my life. But I guess because I wasn't and I was just, like, it was so easy to, like, just, ah, whatever, let me, what's going on here, you know, let me walk around. Maybe that's why it was so easy for me to, like, just release everything bad or just swipe it under. 
what tools uh, have you picked up to deal with ADD? What's been the most effective? Studying, um, getting a, a grip of life. One of the things before I started my Adderall was like, I already knew that I wanted to go back to school. I knew I wanted to be a teacher. I knew I wanted, I wanted more. Like I wanted, I was tired of like having this, the luck I had finding these great careers with no degree, right? Then when I would quit because I'd get bored due to the ADD, it would be such a struggle to find the next best thing. And because I got so lucky finding those careers without a degree, it was like, shit, like, I don't have a degree. I, I don't qualify for this. I don't know how to do this. Like, so I'm just like, I, I was stuck in that limbo where I was like, I don't want to do this. I don't want to do that anymore. I'm tired of this little game I have going on with myself and just, you know, going by luck. Uh, but I started with, I was like, I'm going to be a real estate agent for money, right? Mm-hmm. So I um, signed up for real estate courses, which I'm still in because it's like fucking law school. I tell you, it sucks, but it's great because I'm still learning. But it's kind of like challenged me and it's kind of in practice. I was telling Anthony, actually, um, I was like, dude, like this scares me sometimes because like there's times where I'll get stuck on a quiz and I can't pass it. And like I'll cry because it's been like try seven. And I'm just like, I think I'm crying more or like I'm getting scared of like real school, you know? And I'm like, fuck, I'm like, okay, but you know what? This is good. Like, this is just, if this is this hard and it's like law, then maybe it's good for my brain to kind of like mold itself a little or get practice. So I've been doing that and just studying and reading a lot. I've been writing a lot, um, just journaling. Every time I get upset or like get a have a funny experience like I'll just go on my phone or like you know to start typing and I even want to I have this idea of like just getting all my random journal entries and like making a book out of them and they're all like super sporadic and like they're just so funny and some are sad and some are really touching but it's great um reminder uh and other than that like I've just been trying to be active Mm-hmm. get healthier, get a routine. Adderall has helped me so much with routine. Routines are key for, for ADD people, for sure. I, I was awful at routine every yeah. day. Is time management really hard for you? Not anymore. Not anymore, but it was. Not, yeah. Um, it, it made me a little like sad uh, with Anthony, my boyfriend, um, because he's so like, this 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 like a little soldier you know like Mm -hmm. very militant and i'm just like fuck like and he'll be like oh what do you have planned for the day and i just like "Uh, i don't know i guess i'll see when i get home you know like and it was because i was just like fuck like i have so much where do i start there's no organization and when i started like just getting that routine i'm just like well wake up i i fucking make myself breakfast now like, I know it's so insignificant, but like, I never, ever had breakfast mm-hmm. or like just had that energy to do it. I would just like stay in. All right. What time is it? 12. Okay. I guess I could have like a piece of bread and just go bike and figure out what I need to do for the day. Yeah. 
so just seeing myself now, um, like I just, I got my curriculum for like fall course. I was just doing school stuff and I was just so excited because I'm just like, oh my God, I'm here. I'm here. Like three months ago, I was so fucked and like in a fucking just dark place, not dark place, but just like, I felt empty. I felt like I didn't know what I want. I didn't know what I wanted. And, and I, I know now I, I did know what I wanted, but I didn't know how to go about it. And I didn't want to do Adderall until I was like, I need fucking Adderall. Like I need it. I know I've tried everything. I've tried calendar journal. I've tried the routine without medication and it just wasn't helping. So I, I started and it's helping a lot. Yeah. And I know a lot of people are like anti Adderall or like pro or whatever, but like people that like, don't like I would just say don't be scared or just don't feel like you're fucking crazy like it's okay and I don't feel like I'm wired I feel normal I feel like this is what people feel like huh like you know yeah this is what you guys just this is how you guys get by in life and I never had that my psychiatrist said um I'm 10 years late for my education right but um he's like you know you are in a zigzag and everyone was already there. And he's like, you're, you're not gonna be in a zigzag no more, so you'll be there. You're 10 years late, but you'll be there. Yeah. And I'm, I'm happy. I'm not worried. I'm, I'm excited. I'm excited to be with like all these like freshman 18 year olds. Cause like, I won't even care to deal with like younger kids. Cause, and I'll be so much more focused and it's just like, it's a new like chapter, which I'm really looking forward to. Yeah. It's I lost time is something that I really have to reckon with. Um, as, as somebody who's dealt, you know, in bed held back by ADHD and depression and blah, blah, blah. Uh, just looking back on, you know, 10 years being stuck somewhere, being stuck in like a bad mindset, being stuck, uh, just by a bad routine, getting in my own way and uh, mourning the time that I've kind of lost, that's been sort of lost and erased to, you know, lost to, uh, I don't know, mental illness, you know, and um, it's hard to not let that kind of compound further inaction. Um and, and just sort of like accept that and cut your losses and just be like, okay, well, that was then, this is now, and, and we're going to move on from that moment. That can be really hard to do. And, um, you know, like you were talking about breakfast, like mornings, I think, are particularly hard um, for, for a lot of ADD people, uh, me as well. Uh, just cause I don't know, bed's so comfortable and it's so easy to just kind of be a goblin, you know, and just scroll on your phone and just not leave until the last second for work. Even if, you know, you would be much better served, like getting up earlier, doing some shit in the morning, answer, answering some emails, uh, and you feel better when you do, when you get up, when you exercise in the morning, when you eat breakfast, when you have things, 
you know, when you show up on time and you're not like panting and sweaty and your whole schedule is behind because you stayed in bed for 10 minutes late and then you missed the train and then you're 20 minutes late. And like, you know, it, it just, it's very difficult. And the only thing that I've found that really works is I have to have a very hard and fast time when I leave the house. I have to have a very regimented schedule. Like if something demands that I show up somewhere at 8 a.m., 7 a.m., whatever, I can get myself there. No problem. But it has to be something that an external force is making me do. It can't be something that like I'm going to tell myself that I'm going to get up and be somewhere at 7 a.m. tomorrow just for me, just for Brad. It's like, no, not dog. You're not going to do that. Are you taking medication? Uh, I'm not taking any uh, ADD medication per se. I'm taking Prozac for like depression, anxiety, and stuff. But that does help manage some of the um, emotional dysregulation stuff that comes with ADD. So the first month, I went to my psychiatrist before I got on the Adderall. Like recently, I got prescribed. Um, I think. 10 milligram Prozac actually mm-hmm. um, and it helped for like four days and I would feel it like okay like I feel like happy a little bit the happy pill I would call it right right um, and then I met up with my psychiatrist again I was like I don't think like I feel depressed but I don't think this is it it's not helping like i feel like i should be getting help from it yeah i mean it (laughs) responds different to different people and usually it takes a good month or so for it to even begin to work um and i don't know i mean when was the last time you you took adderall oh gosh i stopped taking it um sometime around like 2014 or something like that, 15. Um, Just because I was having, it was triggering like panic attacks. Um, And it was just too, it was just too much. Like I was uh, not really able to, uh, I mean, I was still like, I'm I'm old as shit now. Like 10 years ago, you know, I was, I don't know. I'm 37 now, so in 2014 I was. Uh, it was 10 years 20, ago. Yeah, 2025. 20, 20, 20, okay. 20, I don't remember. I mean, have you considered getting back on? I would consider it. Um, I don't know if I need it right now exactly. I um, have gotten to a place where most of my I, like, I've gotten a pretty good grip on, you know, my mental stuff. It's mostly material issues that I'm dealing with right now, just so far as, like, job and money and career uh, that maybe would be helped by taking Adderall and being more productive and focused, but maybe not. I don't really know. Um, I'm also between therapists right now. Um it, so I mean, I, I know this is all new to me and you've had more experience mm-hmm. uh, with that, but I feel like maybe you're you're older now and because you have had experience, maybe a small dosage of Adderall could kind of. Just yeah, like, I mean, I think I, 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 would, 
I've quelled my anxiety a lot recently. Um, I've gotten a much better handle on recognizing thought patterns that trigger and then snowball into these big emotional episodes and I can't come back from it. Um, so yeah, perhaps I am at a, you're right. Like I'm at a place where I'm probably able to handle it a little bit better because for a while there, I was really spiraling and I think the Adderall was accelerating that spiral. Um, and was compounding a lot of, I mean, there was a lot of just self-medication that I was doing too. Like I was smoking too much weed. I was drinking a lot. I was, um, I was just like fucking around, you know, like having like random sex and stuff. And it was just like, I was doing whatever I could to like get myself out of my own head. And so at that point, I kind of thought like, uh, maybe the stimulants aren't helping me cause I'm I'm waking up and having a panic attack at like eight in the morning. Cause the first thing I do is get on Twitter and then I'm, I'm like, my day is a disaster after that, you know? So it's funny. So I didn't know this, but because I'm more aware of like ADD, ADHD, um, one of the things was having sex mm-hmm. all the time. And it's just to kind of like feel that, you know, I guess, to just get to yeah, well, because a lot of people with ADD are dopamine deficient, um, and it's a dopamine kick. Anytime you get a swipe on Tinder, anytime you get a like on a thirst trap, anything from that to like actually, you know, sealing the deal with somebody uh, is it, it feels better than anything. And it was a I realized that I was using it as as a drug. I was using yeah. it as like basically just free cocaine, you know, I, and it was something that I uh, could not keep doing forever because it became kind of my higher power and became uh, the thing that I was basing my whole life around was just like, I'm not really doing anything else other than like just dating and trying to get laid and this is sad yeah. after a while like it just becomes like you know you watch season one of Mad Men and you're like Don Draper's cool because he he gets a lot of pussy and then like season five you're like come on dude what the <laughs> fuck you know and it's just gross and pathetic yeah. and depraved after a while and I just wasn't like it wasn't making me happy I didn't like myself I didn't like what I was doing I just it I had would, to go um... I think I took it a little different. I got a kick out of sleeping around. I had this yeah, thing where, where I would, when I was single, after like that like experiment relationship I had, mm-hmm. you know, um, I would get a kick out of just like having guy over and be like, all right, like it was fun. Like I wouldn't have them hang out or spend the night. Like mm-hmm. it wasn't my thing. Like I'm just like, all right, bye. And I'd be like, oh, that was fun. And then I'd go on, play video games or just do whatever, go on my phone. And then I, and then one day, like, I started crying. And I'm like, why the fuck am I crying? And then I realized, I was like, 
I guess I didn't get pleasure that time. I guess the dopamine didn't kick in. And I was just there like, what's wrong? Like, and then when I started reading about it, I was like, shit, like, and you know, I just started going deeper and deeper. Um, when I got with my now partner, uh, you know, I, I realized it again, cause I had stopped and I was just like, you know, let me just chill. Like I'm not, I stopped having like random sex mm-hmm. because I got bored. I got bored of sex and yep. I was like, it's not doing anything for me anymore. Like, fuck. So when I, yeah, you've with- squeezed all of the dopamine out of that experience. Like that's yeah. what happens. You, you just, you crush it like a sponge until there's just nothing left and it's a husk and, but yeah. you keep doing it for a while. And that's the worst part where you're just like, Oh, this I'm still like, I'm still but- doing this even though I'm getting nothing out of it. So with, with um anthony i felt really bad um i want to say right before like i decided to like get back on adderall too because i felt like i was you know like the dopamine of happiness of like just hanging out and like oh this person's like bringing you know this excitement or just energy i felt that with him but anthony has his shit together anthony has structure anthony has work (laughs) and then he can't just like be my entertainment and my little high and just like on call sex so i could fucking get fixated yeah and you know so my brain could work properly and um you know there was like a i just felt bad and also that i was like wow like i didn't realize like how i was affecting someone Mm -hmm. but just kind of not, not being needy but like my brain was being needy and it just like kind of just, and I saw that and I apologized to him when I realized like what that was when I got on medication, started talking, I was like, I'm really sorry. Like it wasn't your lack of, it was me wanting more and just to fill the voids that I couldn't kind of fill with my own fucking brain. And, and I didn't, I never realized that until like this relationship too, cause it was just so, it's my first like adult relationship to be honest um and just finding myself and just being mindful of people around me and like i i started um i i realized how neglectful i was with friends that i'd be like yeah yeah we'll hang out never hung yeah. out procrastination to the max and you know now even though if i do cancel it's because i actually have to or I have to like study or like I have to prioritize, but like I will make it an effort to just be present. Yeah. Example A right here, you know, like we've met once and I'm just sort of like, no, like I want to commit. Like, yes, I'll do it. Calendar, great. Like yeah. this is a dopamine kick right now, aside the Adderall, you know, it's like right. getting it done and just like filling in the like, when you add something on your fucking calendar, the time slots, mm-hmm. that, that's exactly what it that's feels a, like. That's a dopamine I hit too. Look, I mean, and, and the thing is that like the dopamine hit itself isn't the bad thing. That's just a feel good chemical that gets released in your brain when you do a thing. It's, it's when you just start, when you discover a thing that pulls that trigger for you and then you just keep doing it um and i i have real mixed feelings on the term sex addiction i think that it's more complicated than that i think that that's 
it's it's in that gray area of like things like food and you know love and like things that people need that aren't substances you know and i i think that it's it's more nuanced than that and i just don't know if i really love that term um however uh, I think that it's totally possible to have like very compulsive behavior in that department um, and and that it a lot of it does kind of match the pattern of an addiction um, without necessarily being 100% clinically definable as one. Um, and I will say that like, you know, we were talking about Adderall and like a big reason that I got off of it actually uh, in terms in addition to also having panic attacks and things like that was uh, it was not really helping with the sexual compulsivity. It was in fact exacerbating it, I think, and was just making it more uh, just ravenous and all the time. Cause like I felt kind of more amped up and felt more kind of just like, yeah, yeah, let's, and, and it just, so I, I I think maybe that might be another reason why I'm like hesitant to go back to it because I'm like, I don't know if I don't know, like that might bring that part of me back out. And I don't know if I really want, want to, you know, like I'm in a good, I'm in a good spot with that right now. I'm in a nice relationship and things are good. And like, I don't, you know, that's a whole, uh, I don't know yeah. thing, but it's, I'm also, again, like I'm in a very different place in my life than I was back then. Um, yeah. so you're more I, aware. I think it, would I be, like. it would be a lot yeah. different. So I, I think you're know. more emotionally and mentally aware of your anxiety of your depression. Mm-hmm. You know, I think being in a different place does of course, like the fears of getting those things back are a thing, but yeah, I think just being older and just, not as centered or there as you want to be but like yeah i think you should maybe small dose and see but i was also going to say like i wonder i'm pretty sure um, i don't know this is all new to me but um if adderall has like different effects on men and women like i'm sure yeah i don't know because so Back to the when um, when kids are diagnosed with ADHD, the boys are the ones that are normally like pinpointed because of their hyperactiveness. Yep, that was me. I was diagnosed when I was five because I was right. that psychotic. I was like that much. I was I was noticeably hyper even for a five year old. Right. So, so they don't notice it in girls. Yeah. You know. They, so maybe that's also like a thing. Maybe it is different when you take medication yeah. being male. Um, I, I know I had it when I was five. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll never forget. It's when I knew something was wrong with me and it was a core memory and it's so sad, but sorry, I have to like hug myself. Cause like I hug my, my little self within, mm-hmm. um, it was kindergarten. It was like a Friday and the assignment was everyone had to just write what was on the board, which was like a little poem or a story. It was like a paragraph, but it was to practice our our writing. And everyone was like, okay, guys, uh, if you're done, you get to go to the carpet and play and to the rug area, and you get to make your Sunday, right? Ice cream Sunday yeah. toppings. 
And one by one, everyone, I just kept saying, and I kept saying that I had just three words. And then I would just like look around, look at like, you know, and just like look at the kids. And it wouldn't bother me that they'd be eating ice cream. And I was just like, why can't I like do it? Why can't I do it? And I would try and like, I think I got one word for like every kid, you know, and I, I didn't even finish it. The reason why my teacher told me, okay, go make your thing was because the ice cream was melting. Right. And that shit like stuck with me. But, you know, as I got older, I would always go back to that day in kindergarten when I was five that I knew something was wrong. Like I knew that I could write the words. I had the best freaking writing for a five-year-old. I was in like the, they had split the class. Like it was like um, the yellow group and the blue group, the blue group. You have, like, good, you have good penmanship? Good penmanship, yes. Mm. Um, but like they, uh, the blue group was like better readers, better writers. Um, and I knew I was so good at it, but like, why couldn't I write the words? Why kept, I just kept getting distracted. And that was like, when I knew something was wrong with me at age five, but like I wasn't bouncing off the walls. But I feel like I have this little cartoon, a little doodle that I do of myself. And I, I feel like she's in my head and I feel like she's always been in my head. And I feel like she was the one that was like bouncing around in my brain, mm-hmm. you know, not physically like living, but like it was just like, that's how I felt. And I couldn't just pinpoint it. So the fact that boys get to get diagnosed at such an early age, I feel like it could be good and bad, kind of, because like it sucks because sometimes they do medicate them and then they're just like medicated forever or since like early age or or there I'm sure there are like other parents that don't want to medicate their kids and have different approaches and whatever. But I feel like that's also one of the things that I why I want to be a teacher because like the little girls that don't get like, you know? Yeah. Uh, ADD. Yeah, I know it's a, it's a whole fucking thing. My handwriting is fucking terrible, and I think that it is a uh, hallmark of my uh, ADD. And um, I don't know. Like, I mean, I mean, I do specifically remember. Uh, did you have to do times tests? Like time test? What are they called? Timetables? Time tests in math in yes. in elementary school? Like, I remember that being like my first like real like kind of panic meltdown <laughs> just just <sighs> seeing everybody fill out the multiplication tables just one by one working through the problems and I would just stare at it and go into like a cold sweat and I just couldn't get through it and the faster everybody started going and the the more time would pass it was like you had like five minutes to fill the whole thing out or whatever it just got worse and worse and worse and I was like I can't I can't do this and I would just freeze you know yeah. and um it, yeah, I don't know. It made a big impression on me. I think I'm over it at this point because I was like a, a child. But uh, I don't know. Like it's still, you know, that maybe I'm not so over it because I still I like when I, I fill out I, I, when I, I fill I, out like job applications and stuff. Now I'm still just like, am I really like good at anything? Like you know, I just yeah. I just yeah. never feel fucking qualified to do anything. You know, and so I think there are echoes of it, but I don't know, man. I, there, there were times where I felt like I wasn't qualified, but then I don't know. It's just like, I, I, unlike my cover letter, I feel like I have no experience. I have no this, but I would just like pitch myself. Mm-hmm. And I feel like, I don't know, maybe the confidence really helped 
the, the, the balance of me really feeling like that, like I wasn't capable of, or, but then I, it would just be like the little devil and angel in the cartoons on mm -hmm. each side of your, it was like that, but it wasn't like a devil and an angel. It was just like confidence and just like lack of like the little droopy Guadalupe and like, just like super like, no, droopy Guadalupe. I like that. <laughs> and yeah, like, I think I'm not over remembering that as a kid yeah. because I wouldn't be hugging myself every time. And, um, I think it's, it's always going to stay with me. And I think, and I, I spoke, so I'm, I spoke to this, she's my neighbor. She's, she works at my elementary school when I was a kid, she's still there. Um, and I was telling her, I was like, I think I'm doing this teaching thing because I will be able to get over that moment and that memory of like me being five years old and mm -hmm. just not being able to get those words down. And once I become a teacher, like I feel like that's when I'll be over it. That's when I'll be like, you did it. Like, you know, you, this is it. Like I'll close that chapter. And that chapter was fucking 26 years ago. Yeah. So it's kind of like, you know, and you could be 50, you could be 60, you could still be there. We don't know how this thing works. We don't know life. I feel like even people with that don't take Adderall, um, you know, experience shit like this. Yeah. Not just us, the normies too. Mm -hmm. the normies. Such but as they are, I don't know. I don't know a single like real fully normal person. That, those, those are the people I'm just like, what are you like? Like, yeah. are you from the office or something? Like, I just don't know who those, I don't know who those people are. I don't yeah, know who they are, are the inside, people. you know? Yeah. yeah, I guess not normal, but like, I guess molded by society people. Yeah. That's what they are. Um, yeah. We should, we should wrap up soon. Uh, but I want to talk a little bit about your podcast. My podcast is at a standstill. Um, the Real New Yorker. What happened? <sighs> I started focusing on on my life. Ah. <laughs> I, start, I got distracted with priorities, is what happened, and I'm still doing it. I actually recorded last week, but I'm going to re-record it to tomorrow, actually. So I'm hoping to post within the next two days. Um, I don't want to. I don't want to sweep that under the rug. Sure. So I think I'm going to ch uh, change it from bi-weekly to monthly, maybe once a month, because you know it is very time-consuming. Yeah. But um, I. I don't want to, it's my baby. It's, it's just, I want to have New York stories, New York experiences, New Yorkers, non-New Yorkers. I feel like people that come here from wherever they come from are New Yorkers. Like, why did you come here? You know, like you're a New Yorker. Like, I don't, I used to be a big believer, like, oh, 10 years, that's when you'll be a New Yorker. But like, no, like you came here knowing you came here and fell in love. You came here and don't want to leave. You're a New Yorker. So I'm trying to kind of just bring that and bring more people that don't necessarily have to be from New York and just share the experience of being here in the city and it's chaos. It's beautiful fucking chaos, truly. Right on. Well, if people want to find that or any of your other uh, stuff, uh, where can they do that? Um, it's on The Real New Yorker on Instagram. Uh, my Instagram, Guadalupe, with two Ys at the end. And it's also on um, Apple Podcasts and Spotify, The Real New Yorker. You'll see a cartoon version of me smoking a joint on the train. 
And I, I don't think you're allowed to do that. I've seen it. I've, uh, I saw it too. I actually <laughs> went to the Rockaways last weekend and there was a lady just straight up smoking a J on the train. I was like, you know what? Cool. That's awesome. Getting on Adderall, I don't smoke pot like I used to. Hmm. So I guess pro and con, but I'll dabble here and there and I'll get so high and I get excited that I get high because when I wasn't, I would just never get high anymore. So that's a pro to end that note with. Yeah, I did both. I was, I was like ravenous with both and I don't really, I don't really, I, I've been on kind of like a, a lull with, with all of that lately i just i don't know i just don't feel inclined to anymore yeah we're out of it or something i don't know or i'm just like in a in a, in a um we're growing a waning up. phase or something yeah. i don't know well this was lovely and uh i hope to talk to you more soon thank you for having me brad thank you once again to guadalupe alvarez for being on the show and uh, check out her pod. She's got a she's got a burgeoning podcast. Um, you know, only a few episodes in, but that you get in on the ground level that way. It's an investment. You know, it's like crypto. Um, so I'm gonna say it once again. Follow me at Radical Pearson on Instagram and Twitter. Follow the show at Selfworst on Instagram. Uh, email me at uh, selfworst at gmail.com if you got questions or whatever and uh, I don't know that's all right patreon.com slash selfworst help me out we're all uh, paying $87 for a bag of groceries so you know if you got if you got some extra cash lying around after that throw my way and it'll be worth your while. All right. Uh, that's all. Music is by Shea Bartel. I'm Brad Pearson. Uh, don't get COVID or monkeypox or get nuked or get bitten in half by a shark. Or die in a mass shooting.